just saw a man fly. It's Lillard. He got the shot off. This is the Mac and Miles Show, only on 88.1 The Berg. Welcome to the show. It is the Mac and Miles Podcast. We're talking all things NBA. We love basketball. My name's Miles. I'm joined in studio by Mac, the man himself from Seattle. Mac, you a Sonics fan? I am a Sonics fan. Lifelong. Been watching them since I remember coming home in elementary school and just turning on the game on Channel 30. It was always on. Channel 30, back in the day, yeah? Back in the day, before it was Root Sports, it was something else. I can't even remember what. So, FSN. Mac, I got to ask, are you a Thunder fan as well? I am. They're my. That's my team that I root for in the NBA. Big Shout out to Paul George for staying for another four years. I was pretty worried about that. They might have joined LeBron in LA, but, you know, he stayed loyal. Wanted to play that's with the Brody si- That's himself. a big re-signing for, for him, for the, for the Thunder. Big. Very big for signing Thunder. for himself and for the Thunder as an organization. You know, it just keeps him as a contender in the West, and it keeps him, gives him a chance to get that Finals trophy and raise it at the end of the year. You think the Thunder are going to be in the Finals? I think they're going to go to the Finals every year. So of every course, year. okay, every you got to be hopeful. Year. You got to be optimistic. I totally get that. Even when Durant totally left, I thought Russell Westbrook was going to Iverson it and get him in there. When Durant snaked, you know, did a sneaky snake kind of thing and just got out of there. That hurt. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought he was going to that the Thunder were going to beat Golden State in a seven-game series in the Western Conference Finals, and Westbrook was going to have a Iverson moment, how he stepped over Ty Lue, and just carry the team to the finals. Call me crazy. That's just what I was thinking. Myself, my allegiance lies with the Portland Trailblazers. I am actually from Vancouver, Washington, not to be mixed up with Vancouver, Canada. And so I just live right across the river, that Columbia River right there. Been to many Blazer games myself. I love the atmosphere there. I'm a lifelong Blazer fan, and uh, I know there's some, you know, there's some, there's some I five rivalry there, Mac. But uh, I think, I think you gotta give him a chance. Give who a chance? Portland, Portland, yeah. As a fan or like as an NBA team this year? (laughs) As a fan, (laughs) I don't know if I can can give him a chance. I'm just, I'm not a big fan of their roster. I just think I don't know. I'm just not a big fan of them. Never really have been a big fan of them. You know, I remember when they were the Jailblazers out here in the early 2000s. You know, that Jailblazers team was very good, though. They were. They had some dogs on that they team. They had some dogs on that team. Rashid? Rashid Wallace, Zebo. People uh-huh. sleep on <laughs> A little bit more about the show. We're going to, like I said at the start, we're going to talk a lot of hoops. We're going to have some fun segments. But today on the show, first topic, the Wizards and what is going on with that dumpster fire. You know... It's tough to play with John Wall, the dude. Like you just watch him, he dribbles, 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 drives. He's an alpha drives. male. He's a dominant ball handler. But you know, with the personnel around him and what the what the front office did, given Otto Porter, I mean, half the people that are probably gonna listen to this don't even know who the hell Otto Porter even is. <laughs> and what, <laughs> what is he starting, making? He's a starting small forward. He's making what, like a hundred million? Ooh, like eighteen a year, I think. Eighteen a year, and then you got Beal on a max, and then you got John Wall on that one hundred ninety-five super max. They can't sign anyone. They can't they get can't. any better. And they then can't. they don't. Kelly Oubre is not an asset in a trade. They got to blow it up now. They got to go into rebuild mode, or they got to either start building around Bradley Beal or John Wall. I feel like Kelly Oubre's got some talent. He's got some value. What has he been doing this year? What is, I don't. He's a slasher. He's a cutter. He can hit threes, man. I don't know about that. I mean, <laughs> you don't know about that. Yeah, I've, he's kind of like what we were talking about earlier before the show. So he's kind of like a Gerald Green almost. He's very streaky, like defensively. And offensive, like if he's not getting it going on offense, then he's, his defense lacks, and then vice versa. If his defense is lacking, he's getting scored on. He kind of just mopes around and then doesn't really do much because I just hang out in the corner. I think Ubre has got more potential than Gerald Green ever did. That is very true. He's Ger- Gerald Green is on kind of the backside of his career now. He's like, what, 28, 29, I think. And, and Ubre is like still, he's still a young buck. He, he still can still get young. after it. And he's still, he's still got age on his side, and he can definitely, he has room to improve, don't get me wrong. But uh, I think he's definitely got some trade value. And if, I, if I'm the Wizards, he's one of the guys I might, I might keep around. You're going to keep him around? I don't know that you trade him. I mean, to your point, maybe he doesn't have a lot of value, and he's one of those guys that has higher potential. And so it's, it's more worth it for the Wizards to just hold on to him and see if he pans out into, into becoming a star. I think what they should do is they should throw him in there with a Beal or Wall trade just so they can get a little bit more back for what they want now and so they can focus more on the future rather than... I think they're more of a future-forward team rather than a now type of team. I tell you what, dealing Marcin Gortat last year, that was kind of the first step. 
You know, that looked like a good move at the time, but he's kind of... He's doing well with the Clippers. And you know, him and John Wall did not get along. They did not. And what's funny, too, is, is Gortat in the, to the media the other last week, I think it was, he, he kind of said, you know, they traded me and they, and they labeled me the cancer in that locker room. And then and then now look how poorly the Wizards are playing. And, and they're just, you know, the bottom, the bottom of a very, a very top-heavy East. And, and to, does Gortat have a point? I think he does. You know, to have two of the best players in the East and John Wall and Bradley Beal, like they're they're perennial. All-stars. Those are two all stars. Yeah, they're savages. And the fact that they can't win games with those two, I mean, you look at duos in the league: C.J. McCollum, Damian Lillard. They can win games in the West. Absolutely. You look at Chris Paul in Houston. Chris Paul and James Harden. They can win games out in Houston as a duo. Westbrook and Paul George. They win games as a duo. Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid. Before the Butler trade, they were winning games as duos. They I were. mean. Why can't Washington figure it out? You have all these great du- backcourt duos, and and Beal, Beal and Wall among the best of them, you know. Yes, but they they just for whatever reason it's not clicking this year. And is it Scott Brooks? You know, Scott Brooks, he's a very good coach. I've he was a former Thunder. Yeah, coach. Yeah, I want I, I want your opinion on this. And you know, he's a good coach. He just you got that Thunder. Well, his problem is he can thunder never coach. like really go after his players and really push his players to become better. He's more of just like he seems like kind of a soft guy, yeah, you know, like soft like personality. He's not a fan of conflict. You know, you saw like on the bench like the flare ups and stuff, and whereas Scott Brooks was looking like a dog with a tail between his legs, kind of <laughs> just like, oh, just let him fight it out, just let him do this and that, and then it's just like, dude, you got to do something out here. You got to get in their face and tell them to knock it off or something. He just. Doesn't do. He doesn't have control of the locker room. I feel like, and that's always been his problem. You think the players have lost respect for for him? I think the players have lost. Yeah. You, did you hear about John Wall telling Scott Brooks "f you" the other day? That was a quote on that. Oh, there was a quote wow. on that. He's told wow. Scott Brooks "f you." Mac, in your opinion, what is the first domino to fall? Is Scott Brooks fired? Is Beal traded? Is Wall traded? Is one of these other role players traded? I think if they are gonna trade anyone, it's gonna be Wall, just because Beal's twenty five years old. You know, he still has a lot of time. He's not, and technically speaking, he hasn't even entered his prime yet. No, not really. So I think they hold on to Beal and build around Beal, and they trade Wall, but they got to find someone to take on that massive contract of his. And to me, the big thing with Wall is, uh, I mean, he might be able to get a little bit better, but I think we've kind of seen everything we're going to see from John Wall. Yeah, I definitely think he, that he's He's kind of played his hand, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I think he has kind of hit his his proverbial ceiling, yeah. Yeah, I think the best that we've seen John Wall was what two years ago in the Eastern Conference final or what divisional round with oh, the yeah. Celtics and Wizards. It was, and he was just going off, going crazy. And then what's it called when he said, "We this is my house" or whatever in the playoffs, <laughs> and like I own this city or whatever he said. And then after that, just like his lack of maturity has really shown since then he goes out every night like on Inst- I follow him on Instagram it seems like every single night he's out in he's the club yeah club wow to- and you know what the club you're not leaving there until 2 3 in the morning anyway uh-huh. so why is he doing that he should be in the gym working on his three pointer that I is guess atrocious. the club the clubs in DC are popping I guess apparently so i mean <laughs> the only thing i see on DC is it's kind of like not the best place to live, honestly. But <laughs> I've heard similar. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was a little dangerous, but I guess John Wall, he's a fan of that. Yeah, I guess so. He's a dangerous man. You know, maybe with his $195 <laughs> million contract, he probably has a, he's got money probably to has throw. a private helicopter, Uber helicopter, like New uh-huh. York for the night, and fly back in the morning. <laughs> Goes to Brooklyn for the night. Yeah. Who knows? Probably do something like <laughs> Down that. Down to Miami, maybe. Just some rich stuff that <laughs> yeah. us common folk don't know about. Uh uh uh. Us peasants. Peasants. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows, though? <laughs> to me, though, John, John he's not going to add another, like, skill or an asset to his game. As he gets older, he's only going to get slower. One of the best things about John Wall's game right now is his quick first step, the fact that he can get right into the paint easily. Oh, you know what I mean? He so blows fast. by people. Going back to his days at Kentucky, blows by people. His, his first step is just ridiculous. And as he gets older, he's, gonna, he's obviously just going to lose that. You know, Father Time is undefeated. Everyone knows that. Look at Carmelo. <laughs> but, so he's gonna lose that quick step, and he's gonna have to rely more on his on his shooting. And he, he's never been much of a great shooter. And it's so weird because he shoots eighty percent from the free throw line. I mean, if you expect someone to hit a free throw, a decent free throw shooter. I I mean, like beyond the arc. Behind, yeah, he's, he's never been very consistent no, beyond the arc, not. and I don't think he's ever shot thirty percent from three. Maybe like low thirties. I mean, maybe that, low thirties, high twenties. His whole career. I almost. went to a Blazer game a couple of years back, and, and it was against the Wiz. And uh, overtime game, great game. Gerald Henderson ended up like blocking John Wall's shot. 
Okay. That was gonna tie it, and then the Blazers won. It was it was a it was a great game. Anyway, uh, John Wall had a chance to beat the buzzer in regulation for three, and just he couldn't put it down. Yeah, I mean the three point shot, especially in today's NBA, is probably the most pivotal Absolutely. asset to a game to your game. And the fact that he still and as a point guard too, he still can't adapt. He's been in the league now for what almost ten years. I, th- I believe so. Yeah, seven eight years now, and he still can't adapt. He just still plays the same game that you saw in college. And at least in college, you could hit the three like a little bit, just because the three point line is a little bit closer than it is in the NBA. The NBA has a pretty long three ball. And kind of to your point as well, John Wall, his, the you know the peak of his powers was like two years ago, and I don't remember the exact date I went to this game, but it was I want to say it was roughly two years ago. Okay. So right when John Wall was at his best, and the man could not come through in the clutch for the Wiz, they could have picked up a a, a great road win, and and ultimately uh, my you know my my Blazers came through in that one. A great game, one of the best I've been to. Yeah, that's been the story for the Wizards as of like the past couple of years. They just when you think that they're gonna turn the corner, they take ten steps back. Oh, and coming into the season, time. it was like, oh, the Wizards are gonna be a contender. Yeah. Like, like come they could on, potentially man. like contend but now that it's the 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 LeBronless East and they're sitting there taking twenty steps back, not even being able to compete. But yeah, if if I'm the Wizards, I think I'm gonna try to trade John Wall to Detroit because you know Detroit's on the up and up. They got Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond, who to me is a very great big man in this league who's not talked about enough. And I think they trade him for Reggie Jackson and a cup like an expiring contract on the Pistons, and I think they get back for what? What do you think Reggie Jackson is like? Fifty cents on the dollar for John Wall. <laughs> yeah, forty cents about, on the dollar yeah, for John Wall. Yeah. And you know, they take his contract. They let him walk in free agency. Get a couple expirings. You lose the John Wall contract. Now you got some cap space to build around Beal, Ubre, Dwight Howard. You know, but he's kind of on a one-year deal. We don't know if he'll be back for, with the team. And then they can yeah. go. They can tank, get a couple draft picks, a cut two years of drafting some quality players in the top eight because they'll be definitely be one of those bottom feeders. And then you go from there, maybe sign another free agent, a couple shooters to go with Beal because you have that cap space because you cleared the wall contract. And then there you go. I think that's the best bet for Washington at the so moment. So you, you think the best path is, is just a not a complete rebuild but just kind of a get rid of wall? Yeah, get rid of wall. You know, just tear it down a slightly, take a couple stories off the building just to build it back up a little bit higher yeah, to yeah, get, that. get the ceiling a little higher, you know, because yeah. right now they're kind of like the Raptors last year. Like this is, this has been the Wizards for, for how many years? Three, four years. You know, the Raptors constantly would get to the conference finals and then lose. And, the, and they could never get over the LeBron home. Yeah. Over. And that's same thing with Washington here. I think they reached their ceiling against the Boston Celtics in the divisional round. A couple years ago, back when Isaiah Thomas was still on the team, took an L, and they haven't ever been able to recover. So they got to do something. It's time for change in Washington. Absolutely. This team has definitely reached its its potential. I don't yeah. see it going any further from here. No, they don't have any trade value other than Wall and Beal pretty much. Like You're going to trade Oubre for who? Another long wing athletic <laughs> defender that does the same thing, but his name isn't Kelly Oubre. I'd trade Morris too. Morris, he could you yeah. get something for Morris. You get something for Morris. Dog. I think Morris. He's kind of. A, I've never liked those guys. You didn't like the, the neither Morris of the twins. neither of the twins. No, I always thought they were kind of whiny. You know they are a little bit whiny, but you know they're just dogs. They bring so much to the table, and they're great. They do bring a lot. I, I don't question their talent. I just I've never liked the guys. You don't like their personality. Uh, not really. No. I miss when they're on the Phoenix Suns playing together. <laughs> playing together. See, Phoenix was smart though doing that. You don't need two guys to do the same thing, okay? That is true. <laughs> they, they, they have the same game, <laughs> you know. It'd be one thing if like the both of the brothers like like one was like a point guard and like one was a center, maybe, you know. Yeah, that'd be or, like cool. they had that height difference for some reason, but like genetics did not work for them, I guess. But non-identical twins. <laughs> Who knows? Who uh, knows what they can do over in Washington? That's that's the GM's job over there. I don't know his name. Who are we to say what they can do? But, you know, they got to do something. Got to do something over there in Washington. And we'll be right back on the Mac and Miles Show. (laughs) 
You're listening to 88.1 The Berg, your music central. It's DJ BWT. We're out here talking today about how much we hate sports. Sports is just the absolute... Oh my gosh, our radio DJs just don't get it. Sports broadcasting is much bigger than music. When's the last time Taylor Swift made you feel like watching Tom Brady get sacked? And even though Rick Ross looks like a defensive tackle, he can't entertain you like Vince Wilfork in overalls. This is it, Chief. The show you've been waiting for, Sports Central, every Saturday at 9 a.m. Ugh, Austin, you're such a meathead. Shut up, Benito. We now transition into the first of many reoccurring segments on the show. First one we're doing today is called Unsung Heroes. One of my personal favorite ones that we yeah. do. You want to explain it, Mac? I'll explain it. So basically, the Unsung Hero segment that we do, it's a reoccurring segment, so you know we do it from time to time on the show. And what we do, we pick out underrated players in the NBA that we feel do not get the love and attention that they deserve on SportsCenter or just in the media in general. Because, you know, the media, if you're not Golden State or LeBron James, they're not going to cover you. So here we are. <laughs> At least about the, the ESPN under- isn't. <laughs> so here we are to let you know about the unsung heroes, the, under- the most underrated players within the league. And we're here to show them some love and what they deserve. And that was... Just, Who you got, Mac? Just talk about the quality of the work that they'd be doing. Who's, and you know, my unsung hero for this week, for this segment, I talked about him a little bit when we were talking about Washington, is my man, Andre Drummond, the center for the Detroit Pistons. You know, for a person that's averaging 19 points and 16 rebounds a game, that's, that's work. <coughs> and how often do you hear about that man? Do you ever hear anything? Not ever. He's kind I hear of, him more on trade rumors than I do anything else. I don't know why you would want to trade him. 19 <laughs> exactly. points, 16 rebounds a game. And we got the Pistons. They're f- they're fifth in the Eastern Conference, 11-7. and seven. Got a nice little duo going on there. Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond, some Twin Towers action. And, you know, for a man that's really upped his game every single year, he just doesn't get talked about other than getting traded or whenever he dunks on something. You know, he kind of has that baby Shaq game, kind of like a poor man Shaq a little bit. You know, he's going to dunk yeah. on you. Get that bully ball action going. I mean, the dude's huge. He's like what six oh, foot? Crashes or six the board. 11, so six well. foot eleven. Two. He's probably like two sixty. He's just. I think he's like two seventy five. He's yeah. a mammoth of a man. Just a big man in the middle. And he's just. Your your typical center. Yeah, he's gonna maybe not old, in today's NBA, but your old school center. center. Old school yeah. traditional center. He's gonna get the rebounds. He's gonna dunk on you, and that's all he needs to he's do. He's got the bully footwork. Ball. He's got the post moves. You know. And on the defensive side of the ball, I mean, he averages almost two blocks a game. He gets it done. I mean, that's a, that's a decent number. That's a block a half. There you go. And he p- provides quality rim protection. I mean, you don't hear about him fouling out very often. Early in his career, he was fouling out quite a bit. But he had to go that's through a, those That's up, a young big man thing. The road. Yeah, uh-huh. young big men, when are they con- they're always constantly fouling out. They don't know how to play defense without fouling, yeah. Yeah, they've used that college ball where they can get away with a little bit extra of stuff, you know. <laughs> Just get away with it. It's called different in college, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, especially for the All Star Bunny, did Andre Drummond even make the All Star team last year in the East? Did he? I don't know that he did. And he was averaging like still like fifteen. Oh, the man averages a double double, like yeah. almost every year. The, he probably gets eighty two double doubles again. I don't think there's not a game <laughs> where he doesn't get ten plus rebounds, fifteen yeah, plus rebounds. Yeah. And you know, you just don't hear his name ever. He's not talked about. He's not given the love that he deserves. For anyone averaging nineteen and sixteen, I mean. If Carl Anthony Towns was averaging that, they'd be like talking about how he's one of the best of all time. Oh, and everyone talks about Big Cat all the time. Yeah, so. you hear about Carl Anthony Towns. What's the dude doing this year? That man's soft, by the way. Yeah, what did he do Cat. in the playoffs? Oh, he. he yeah, he didn't. He didn't. reminded me of a magician. He just showed us <laughs> how Houdini he act over there. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? But yeah, Andre Drummond is my unsung hero for this week. Shout out to him, averaging 19 points, 16 rebounds, and has his team at fifth in the Eastern Conference at the moment. Andre Drummond, very good pick there, Mac. I got to go with somebody from Milwaukee, another Eastern player. Okay. Probably not who you're thinking. Not the big name in Milwaukee. Not Giannis. He gets all the praise. I thought the Bucks were, there's the Milwaukee Giannis, because that's all we ever talk about. <laughs> Milwaukee onto the Goompos. <laughs> yeah. No. No, it's the starting shooting guard. Is, I don't, is he small forward or shooting guard? I think they have Giannis playing the three, so okay, I think he might so. be shooting. Actually, no, he's a it's, three. He's, a he's three. one of the wing guards and one of the most underrated players in the league, and that's Chris Middleton. Very underrated. Very player. underrated. This guy can shoot. He can score. He averages 19 a game. 
shoots almost 40% from three. He's almost like the Clay Thompson of the East almost. He really is. And on a team that is, you know, the ball is dominated by Giannis, obviously. Giannis is a walking mismatch. I mean, he's a top, he's arguably a top five player in the entire NBA. For the Bucks to be as good as they are, which I don't know about you, is sort of surprising that they kind of put it together finally. They've on on paper the last couple of years they've they've on paper always been really good. I think they finally have that chemistry thing down. Like that whole roster has been playing with each other for how long now? Three, four uh, years. Three, four it feels years. Like. Yeah. And I, yeah. I think they're finally getting the ball. Like they can they know where they're gonna be before they're even there. Almost they but have that chemistry down. Among other things, Chris Middleton is one of the reasons why the Bucks are one of the Eastern favorites, and why they're going into Golden State and, and playing them tough, I think they beat them. They did beat them the yeah. other day. Yeah, they beat them the other day, yeah. That was a great game, too. Saturday but Chris Middleton, to me, is the, the best. He's the second best player on that team oh, behind easily. behind Giannis. Another thing I like about the Bucks is, like, you got Eric Bledsoe, six foot eleven, and then every other, all their other starting five is six foot seven and up. You got Brogdon, 6'7". The Bucks Middleton's have length. Like 6'8". Giannis, if you've seen the pictures of him, his arm span is like 20 feet, or wingspan is like 20 feet. And then Brooke Lopez is 7 foot. I mean, that's a that's a tall, long, lanky lineup. And they can defend. They definitely can defend. Now, sometimes they don't. They choose not to. But <laughs> You know, sometimes you just need a day off, a game off. You know? <laughs> There's no games off in the NBA, Mac. You hey, know it's this. a long season, 82 games. <laughs> 82, it's, it's a drag, yeah, yeah. I mean, but, when you're from Milwaukee, uh, too, I mean, if they go out to L.A., play the Clippers, I mean, I think they'd rather party in L.A. than rather and just take an L to the Clippers. Yeah, you might be right about that And then one. go to Orlando the next night. I don't want to assume anything, but, And then you go know. to Orlando the next night and just get an easy dub real fast, you know? <laughs> Who knows? Orlando's no slouch this year, all right? They're not bad. They do have the goat Mo Bamba. They do. <laughs> Mo Bamba. That's a great song, by <laughs> that the way, man, too. That man's got a 7'10 wingspan. You know that? 7'10? Mo Bamba, yeah. Could you imagine that? So can he just stand underneath the rim and just dunk it without even having to jump? I think I would imagine, yeah. Wow. And he's only like seven one, I mean, not like only seven one. Like still really tall, but I mean, you know, like normal. Probably has to drag his regular proportional people have this of roughly the same wingspan as their height, you know. Mm-hmm. But so for him to have an extra nine inches on his wingspan is just crazy. He's probably walking at his hands like down by his knees. Okay, <laughs> like that's nuts. Like imagine that. That'd be, that's that's just crazy. That is insane. I can't believe that. I didn't even know that he had almost an eight foot. <laughs> almost eight feet, man. Oh my god, that is that's a pretty cool fact of the day right there. I like that fun fact of the day <laughs> from the Mac and Miles yeah. show. Yeah, Mo Bamba has a seven foot ten wingspan. Yeah, there you go. Big man, big man in the middle there. (laughs) Alrighty. Back to my point though. Back to Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton, one of the most underrated players in the league, absolutely stellar. A reason why the Bucks are where they are now. I totally agree, and the fact he can defend one through four. I wouldn't put him on a big man. I wouldn't either, but but he can definitely defend one through four. He can handle the ball too. He can't. I don't know. I, have, I mean, I haven't watched much Bucks basketball. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying he's like Steph Curry or Kyrie like, like handles, but he can handle he the can ball. He can run the point guard if he needs to. He can run it. I like that. Good quality player, long, Absolutely. lanky, 6'7", 6'8", can defend one through four, averages 20 points a game. And why don't we hear his name? That's <laughs> that's strange to me. Well, probably because he plays in Milwaukee. But I mean, you still hear, Also, Giannis dominates the headlines for but, the Bucks. I mean, even in Golden State, you still hear Draymond's name, and he doesn't really do anything. You still hear Clay Thompson's name a little bit, but the fact that Chris Middleton's doing stuff that's identical to Clay Thompson, not getting the love he deserves, mm-hmm. it's heartbreaking almost. It really is. I feel bad for the guy. Why does everybody hate Chris? I don't know. That's been a question we've been trying to answer since Chris Rock came out. With <laughs> exactly. The show. Hey, Chris Rock tried to answer that too. So. And he still couldn't. <laughs> it answer didn't work the out for him, I guess. I mean, I think Who he knows? he still has a solid career going, but. Yeah. Barely, Chris Rock's career is barely holding on there. His Netflix specials have not been very funny. Ooh, per, ooh. That's my personal opinion. Okay, okay. But his old stuff, I was a major fan of Chris Rock back in the day. Absolutely. Chris Rock is hilarious. Yeah. Legend. <laughs> Comedy legend. Yes, sir. And we'll be right back on the Mac and Miles show. You're listening to 881 The Berg, your music central. It's DJ BWT. We're out here talking today about how much we hate sports. Sports is just the absolute. Oh my gosh, our radio DJs just don't get it. Sports broadcasting is much bigger than music. 
When's the last time Taylor Swift made you feel like watching Tom Brady get sacked? And even though Rick Ross looks like a defensive tackle, he can't entertain you like Vince Wilfork in overalls. This is it, Chief. The show you've been waiting for, Sports Central, every Saturday at 9 a.m. Ugh, Austin, you're such a meathead. Shut up, Benito. Moving into our next topic. The Houston Rockets. Houston, we got a problem. They do have problems. Major problems. In the West, the Houston Rockets. And in the East, on the flip side, the Celtics. Two teams last year that were Top of their destined to be you know, contenders this year. And for years to come, they're riding the struggle bus right now, Mac. What's the deal? You know, I think Boston, their situation is way easier to fix than Houston. I mean, Houston, on, in the offseason, they had a horrible offseason for starters. They just let everyone, they let five of their main role players just walk, plus a starter, a wing defender, Trevor Ariza, who's a, probably one of the best 3 and D players in the league. I mean, he can D up anyone that you need to play tough defense, harass, harass whoever you need, like Kevin Durant, for example, in the conference finals last year. And, you know, he can just do anything. He hit the three. hits wide-open threes. hits a little bit of contested threes. They let him walk. They let Maba Mute, who's just a dog. He's on the Clippers now. Oh, yeah. He's a dog, can defend one through four, similar to Trevor Ariza. And you lose those two wing defenders and then bring in Carmelo Anthony, a man who is not known for, for playing defense, defense. at all. No. Or passing the ball. No. <laughs> and then they... I mean, to be fair, the Rockets offense is a lot of ISO, so... He would uh he fit in well that way, but uh defensively just liability. A liability, yeah. Yeah, so they pretty much so Daryl Morey, the Rockets GM, basically said, See a Maba Mute, see a Trevor Reza, I don't want to pay you. I'm reading Carmelo Anthony. And then what happened? Cut after thirteen games? Ten games? I think Cut it was him, ten, yeah. Parted ways. Yikes. And now Yikes. with Chris Paul out with a hamstring injury and with the lack of bench depth which is a very underrated factor in all this they have literally no bench they they just have a whole bunch of plug-in guys that can play with other people but they can't just like run the show like you got Gerald Green you could plug him in with uh, whoever Maba Mute Ryan Anderson you can plug him in with those guys guys that can space the floor and make it easier but you can't just put him in there and have them lead a bench unit you know and that's their problem. They have no bench depth. They got to rely on James Harden to do everything yeah. with Chris Paul out. You know, it's rough over there right now for them. They're, they got to make a move just like Washington does. They got to get some role players or make some signings. They got to do something over there. As we're Boston, you know, Kyrie only played 60 games last year. And as we all know, Gordon Hayward broke his ankle five minutes into his Celtics debut. Yeah, that was and gruesome. So, they're, so he, he's still trying to get implemented, get that chemistry going with the team. And another fun thing that when I was listening to the Bill Simmons podcast, he's a big Boston fan. He was talking about how the Boston starting five is just very low energy guys. Like they're not guys that are going to be fist pumping, screaming, celebrating after and ones. There's there's businessmen. Of the they league. got no dogs in that starting five. No, do- they no alpha males. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, they're just all just like. I think as much as Kyrie would love to be an alpha male, it's kind of just not his personality. I wouldn't say personal. I mean, he's just like so calm, cool, and collective at all times. Where you watch like guys like Curry who are doing the shimmies mm-hmm. after hitting threes. You got guys like Russell Westbrook who's rocking the baby after <laughs> doing stuff. Like they have none of those guys who are celebrating. No, they don't. They're not giving hard high fives or anything. It's just like they're kind of just lethargic old men on the. They're on the court they're almost. the bring my lunch pail to work yeah. every day. You know, I'm gonna, put, I'm gonna put in my eight hours and leave. Kind yeah, of they're thing. like the blue collar men of the NBA. Uh-huh. Just bring their uh-huh. same lunch pail, lunch box every day. Wear the same white tucked in <laughs> collared shirt with a tie, tucked yeah. in with slacks, and wearing the same shoes every day. Those are the type of guys that are in Boston starting five, and you know. They got to implement some. Energy. I mean, it's not even not necessarily that's a bad thing. You know, they they come in and they do what they're supposed to do and. And uh, unfortunately, though, it's not. Unfortunately for Boston, it's not yielding them wins at the moment. I mean, the, I think what it is, the energy, energy is pretty contagious, you know. And when you have five guys who are just like numb, and just mole, and just like lethargic, I mean, it just rubs off, and then it's like, oh yeah, like you got to be energetic on defense. You got to be talking and stuff. You got to be energetic on the offensive side of the ball as well. And they just need to implement some energy. I say. Take Hayward out, put him six man, and bring in Marcus Smart or Markeith Morris, someone that has a little. You energy. want to take Gordy on on off the starting five? 
Yeah, I think Jalen Brown provides more defensively yeah. than Gordon Hayward. And I think Jason Tatum, he's obviously earned the right to start. I feel and like the Celtics almost have too much of a good thing. Too much of good. Too Th- many their good depth is like too much. That is true. I mean, Wait, when you get into those, has not looked very. Like, he has happy. not. No, he's just been like that. Kyrie lethargic energy is really I, I, up I, on him. I thought they should have just let Marcus Smart walk. I think Marcus Smart provides so much quality to that team. He's almost like, he's kind of like the Sean Livingston to Golden State that he is to Boston. But he's one of those guys. It's almost like, it's like, it's like Brad Stevens can't find minutes for him. You know what I mean? That is true. But, you know, he can't find minutes for a lot of the players over and, there. And that's what I'm saying is for Boston, they're so deep. And yeah. you can only play five guys at a time. And, and there's 10, only 48 minutes in a game, team. you know, and, and when you get to those playoff rotations too, and, and you, you narrow your rotations in, in the playoffs like all coaches do, and you're only going maybe seven or eight, nine maybe at most. If you're Boston, you're probably going nine. You go ten if you're Boston just because. <laughs> in a playoff rotation? I don't know about that. YOLO. Uh, when you're only going like seven, eight deep, seven would be a stretch for Boston, but eight, nine. Let's just say eight, nine. Okay. For Boston. Some of these guys that maybe are contributing during the regular season, they're they're just not going to get very many minutes, you know? And, you know, that's just, yeah, I think the perfect number for bench is you have three quality guys, regular season mm-hmm. and postseason, and they have, I mean, their bench can go be six men of the year contenders at, on any other team besides Boston right now. Yeah, Absolutely. And you know the what sucks, especially is you know Philly, they just unloaded Covington and Sarich. I think they could have. Boston maybe could have grabbed them, but I don't. I don't agree with trading teams that you'll trading to teams that you'll meet in the playoffs and that are rivals to you. You want to trade out of the conference, and yeah? So, yeah, you want to, and I maybe they can make a deal with the Rockets, get some dogs like PJ Tucker. Maybe he's a. What do you think about moving Jason Tatum to the bench? No, that is no? not an option. Jason Tatum. Is a See, special to talent. me last year in the playoffs, Jason Tatum, he was taking all the shots and making all of them. Let's be Who real. Else was there to, but because he had ball. to, you know what I mean? Because nobody else was there to shoot the ball. Yeah, their two best players were injured. How about this? You know, I've been so, reading. And so, what I'm kind of thinking is, what if you move Jason Tatum to the bench? He becomes kind of your sixth man. He's got kind of just the green light to do whatever he wants coming off the bench. Okay. And then you kind of give him, you hand the keys to the bench unit to him. And you say, you do all the scoring, you know. Would you do kinda, that with Tatum, or would you rather have Jalen Brown, who's been struggling in the starting five, oh. give the keys to Jalen Brown, let him run the second unit? I've also been reading. I think Jalen Brown's more of a, a system player. System player? He can't like do it by himself. Yeah, I think he's, he's okay. better in the starting five with the other talent that's in their starting five. That is definitely a good point you just made. And then another and thing. And he, uh, he also kind of brings that energy, like like you said, they're lacking. They do, Yeah, he does. I definitely agree with that. But also another thing Boston could do is that I'm not 100% cer- certain Kyrie's staying there after this year. I think He, he said he was resigning. You know, saying so, Kevin Durant said he was going to sign on OKC, and look where he went. He went. Yeah, he said, true. see you later, Oklahoma. He went ring-chased like, like uh People thought LeBron would never like Frodo leave or whatever. You know? And he went, you know, I don't believe it until it's signed, sealed, and delivered. And delivered. <laughs> so, you know, I I'm still yours. think there's a possibility... <laughs> That Kyrie goes and forms a team in like New York. I feel like Kyrie's the type of guy that gets kind of bored in one place, and he just like wants to travel around and just do whatever Kyrie does. I mean, like I said earlier, he it's like it's like he wants to be the alpha dog, and that's why he got away from LeBron. Mm-hmm. But it's like it's like not in his nature. You know, I'm not a big fan of point guards like Kyrie being alpha dogs. Because when you watch Kyrie, you know, it's dribble the ball for 20 seconds on the 24 second shot clock, and then take a shot, and it's just like. As a teammate of that, you just sit there and you stand, and after like five times, three times of that, and cutting, it just really hurts the team in general. Like they're not going to cut as hard because they know they're not going to get the ball, and it's just tough. It's tough to play with guys like that, like Kyrie, where they just dribble for twenty out of the twenty seconds on the twenty-four second shot clock. And they just want to be then, kind of stagnant, yeah. Yeah, it just stagnates the whole offense, and that's and he's just a ball stopper. You know, Boston last year, you you had to, you didn't know who had the ball. The ball was just moving. <laughs> your head was on that a ball constant moved, swivel. Yeah. And now you watch him, and it's just like, okay, the ball's going to Kyrie. Okay, he's going to shoot <laughs> nine times out of ten. Morris is going to shoot. <laughs> and then it's just like almost like with Boston, it's almost just like, all right, I shot a c- three times in a row. 
It's your turn, Jason Tam, to shoot three times in a row. Horford, you haven't got the ball in a while. You get to shoot five times in a row. <laughs> it's not like they're not. I feel like they're not finding the best available shot. But to go back with Houston, what do you think Houston needs to do, Miles? I think they need to bring. They need to bring if they can trade for some more perimeter defense because that's what made them work last year was that perimeter defense. They put the keys to the offense in the hands of James Harden and Chris Paul, and you know they ran the pick and roll all game with Capella, and they lob it to him, and he gets dunks. And then if the big man tries to shut that down or they send help from the corner, chuck it out to the corner and someone hits a corner three, that's how the offense works. And then on defense, we're going to throw length at you on the perimeter, and we're going to shut down and close out every three-point shot you take. And then Clint Capella's going to block everything in the key. Yeah, he doesn't really allow a great interior defender, and he doesn't really allow many offensive rebounds. And then... Yeah, you know, so so to get away, like like you mentioned, they they let go all of their perimeter defenders, all their lengthy guys that can that are defensive stoppers on the perimeter, and you know, and 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 you see where they are now. Yeah, they're the second worst team in the West, right above the Suns, <laughs> the four and seventeen Phoenix Suns. That's but, crazy. But I will say, Houston's ten and eleven though. They are and ten they're and the second 11, worst yeah. team. Like they, they're. We're, they're kind of like panicking a little bit over them, but they still got a lot of season. They got a lot of season go, left, and uh, the window is closing. If they can't get it together within the next three weeks, it's really time to panic over in Houston. In three weeks, if they're like if they're like fifteen and you know whatever, yeah, if you're fifteen like, and thirty or whatever, yeah. they gotta be panicked. Yeah, I'd be panicked. I mean, Daryl Morey has been talking all this smack, and his team has not been backing it up. You've got to no. pay. You got to pay your perimeter players. They're the most important pieces to a team whether they are stars or not and that was the biggest reason why they even competed with golden state because they had those perimeter defenders to to match the kd and steph and clay and livingston or whoever and they just basically cut off all their length and athleticism and their three and d guys and now the houston rockets are a team of a whole bunch of no names outside of (laughs) cp3 james harden and capella i mean you pretty much I think got P.J. Tucker off the bench, but P.J. Tucker's not a guy that can lead a bench unit. He's a guy you can implement, play some good defense, and then shoot the three, but he can't take over like an Eric Gordon can do, like a Maba Mute can do a little bit with just being able to catch fire or get that microwave going. You know, just oh, absolutely. At the blink of an eye, all of a sudden they just come in. They have 15 points because they hit five through wide-open threes. They don't have that guy anymore. You got Ryan Anderson was pretty good at that, you know, just quietly getting – 12 points a game just off of making four threes and on a couple nights. I mean, I don't know. Houston just let all those guys walk, and here they are that, now. That whole situation with Ryan Anderson was really The contract was, was bad. If they could have, like, restructured the, I don't know if you yeah, could restructure Yeah, they offered the him so much money in that free agency. I mean, he did have a baller year. In New he York. did, and then the they sort of just 86 him out of there, you know what I mean? Yeah, he did. They and just it, they stopped playing him, and then when, they, when he would get minutes, like, it was really spotty. And the problem is, I don't care who you are at any level in basketball, what can you really do in six minutes of playing, in seven (laughs) minutes of playing? You can't do anything. And so it kind of screws, screwed up everything. I don't know. I think that's... One of those guys they probably should have kept. I would have kept Maba Mute and Ariza. I would have done anything in my power to keep Ariza for starters. I mean, he only signed a one-year $50 million in Phoenix. And then, so maybe they try to trade for him back and get him back in Houston. I don't know who they trade, but I definitely would have done anything in my power to at least keep Ariza or Mbamute. Anything in my power. Even give him a couple, a little couple extra million on the signing bonus. Oh, yeah. Just keep him around. Table. Give him incentive, yeah. If I'm Daryl Morey. He's like, what, a bill- he's a multi billionaire. Sign him a few extra. Are you can afford it. Under the table yeah. with millions, you know, why not? Yeah. But yeah, if I'm, if I'm Daryl Morey, that's what I would have done. But. Yet again, I'm just a college student talking about what professional front office businessmen should be doing. Mm-hmm. Who knows if they'll listen to me? Mm-hmm. Probably not. They'd probably mm-hmm. just look at me as a broke, hungry college student. <laughs> and we'll be right back on the Mac and Miles Show. Yeah. 
You're listening to 88.1 The Berg, your music central. It's DJ BWT. We're out here talking today about how much we hate sports. Sports is just the absolute... Oh my gosh, our radio DJs just don't get it. Sports broadcasting is much bigger than music. When's the last time Taylor Swift made you feel like watching Tom Brady get sacked? And even though Rick Ross looks like a defensive tackle, he can't entertain you like Vince Wilfork in overalls. This is it, Chief. The show you've been waiting for, Sports Central, every Saturday at 9 a.m. Ugh, Austin, you're such a meathead. Shut up, Benito. on to another one of our reoccurring segments this one pick of the litter we're gonna go over some games for the next week or so and uh pick which ones we think uh, would be an upset so mac who you got first and what's, you know, what's the day of this game the my first under underdog pick is december 1st that's coming up what is it tomorrow tomorrow uh, saturday yeah tomorrow i got the bulls over the people we're just talking about, the Houston Rockets, the four, the five and sixteen Bulls over the nine, or I guess ten and eleven Rockets. You know, I feel like this is going to be a slap in the face game to Houston. It might wake them up a little bit. It might be one of those losses that you need to just have to wake you up a little bit to like really shake you awake. And I think that's what that's why I picked the Bulls. Zach Levine, he's a good, he's a major candidate for. Unsung Hero MVP this year, oh, yeah. by the way. Wow. We'll what a prestigious award. <laughs> Very prestigious award. And he's also from the beautiful state of Washington, so That's shout good, out to Zach yeah. Levine. And I think without CP3, you don't really have anyone to score the ball outside of James Harden. And I just think the Rockets are going to drop this game to the Bulls, who are just young, hungry. And, you know, they want to compete with the best. I mean, it just raises your level of competition, your level of just how you want to compete when you go up against teams like Houston, when you go up against guys like James Harden. So I think they're going to really go at those guys tomorrow night, and the Bulls are going to walk away with a dub. My first pick to upset is also tomorrow night, and it's the Golden State Warriors getting upset by Detroit. Ooh, in, that's interesting. In Detroit. In Detroit. Let's make that known. Warriors are only 4-6 and six on the road. 4-6 and six on the road? 4-6 and six on the road. Not, not great. That is and not very good. Warriors are also going to be without Steph and Draymond. No Steph or Draymond? No Steph or Draymond. You're going to have KD and Clay. Like, those are two all-stars. Don't get me wrong. But Pistons have won four out of their last five games. And they got my dog on there, Andre Drummond. Uh-huh. You got a dog, yeah. You're an unsung hero. So to me, Golden State's going to go on there, and they're going to get, it, they're going to get it upset. They better start hitting some threes because they are not getting very many rebounds with Drummond and Blake Griffin controlling the paint. And Draymond's out. I don't even know who their center is. Jordan Bell? Is it? I think he might be coming off the bench. Who is it? It's, it's oh Kevin Looney. Yeah, that who. I think Kevin Looney is one of their draft picks. He's shout out to Shaq on this one. He's barbecue chicken to Andre Drummond. Like Kevin Looney is barbecue chicken. I like that pick actually. I think that's a very good pick. Who's your second one? My second one, this is also Golden State. This is um, December 3rd. In Atlanta, the Atlanta Hawks, the second worst team in the entire NBA record-wise, they're like 5-17, and 5-16, somewhere in there. They're going to upset Golden State Monday on the 3rd. The worst team in the league is going to upset the best team? They're going to get the powers of the Migos and Gucci Mane and Trey <laughs> Young is going to go for 40. Ludacris, maybe. Who knows? Whoever is out there in the ATL. I mean, oh, sure. when Golden State's in town, the stars will come out. Yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah. You know Offset and Quavo and Takeoff might make an appearance. <laughs> so Two many chains. great Atlanta rappers. Lil Yachty. Yeah. Yeah, who knows? You know Lil Bibby, or not Lil Bibby, Lil Baby just dropped an album the other day. He might just be out there for pu- publicity, you know, cheering, be, on yeah. the, cheering on his home team Hawks. Who mm-hmm. knows? To me, it's next week, my second pick. Next week, December 4th. Orlando at Miami. Okay. Like I said earlier in the show, Orlando, they're, they're no slouch this year. Okay. You got no Mo slouch. Bamba. You got Aaron Gordon. He's hurt right now. 
this team's got some players, Don't and not Vucevic. to mention not Vucevic, yeah, not to mention a 2010 guy, a year or two, and not to mention Steve Clifford, who, you know, for whatever reason, it didn't work out in in Charlotte for him, but a solid coach, well, probably one of the better coaches they've had in a couple of years. Can we even? Who was the coach? Frank Vogel. Frank Vogel for a couple of years. Yeah. yeah. Who's that? He was only good because that Pacers team had so much talent around it when he was the coach. They finally installed a good coach, though, like a solid coach. And to me, I think just the Magic are a better team than they than their record shows. I totally respect that, you know. And what's called the Magic the other day just gave Golden State a serious run for their money. They but did. Unfortunately, they had to almost came up, came back, and upset my Blazers as well in Portland. And that was actually my next point. The Magic they have lost four out of their last five games. That sounds bad, right? Let me tell you the teams they've lost to, though. Golden State, Denver, Toronto, and Portland. So we've got three of the top, like, three teams in the whole <laughs> yeah, NBA. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, a, a lot of teams are losing to those four teams right now. I think, yeah, like, eight to- nine times out of ten when you play those guys, you're going to lose. You're probably losing. And, and then on the other what, side. and four, so that's a, that's a very With Miami, team. they are missing Goran Dragic and Tyler Johnson, two of their better perimeter players. And Tyler Johnson just got paid a couple summers he ago. He did, yeah. He got paid a little he bit did. of some cheese. got $55 million contract, so he's a $10 million man. So this goes to show you he's a quality player. Both of those important role players, though, for, for the Heat are going to be are, on the, are listed on the injury report. So they will be missing those two players. Maybe D. Wade. D. Uh, Wade throws back the clock back the a little clock bit. Again. Yeah. Get some to a dub, but you know, I don't. You never I don't know. know. You think, never know. But to I me, this has the all the makings of, of Orlando, of Orlando going going down to Miami, in uh, thirty you know, minute flight. Thirty minute flight and uh, upsetting the Heat. I like it. The battle of the two Florida teams. Uh-huh. I definitely agree. I think the Magic are going to win that game. I totally agree with your your point. I loved all the points you made. Like that pick right there. That's I'll a be, good pick right there. I'll be looking forward to watching the game if it's even on TV. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you can get it out here. We'll see. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> Fingers crossed. And that is pick of the litter. There we have it, folks. Pick of the litter. We got the <laughs> Hawks over the Warriors. We got the Bulls over Houston. We got Go- oh. Detroit over Golden State. And we got Orlando over, over Miami, Miami in the Battle of the Florida teams. <laughs> there you guys go. And we'll be right back on the Mac and Miles Show. You're listening to 88.1 The Berg, your music central. It's DJ BWT. We're out here talking today about how much we hate sports. Sports is just the absolute... Oh my gosh, our radio DJs just don't get it. Sports broadcasting is much bigger than music. When's the last time Taylor Swift made you feel like watching Tom Brady get sacked? And even though Rick Ross looks like a defensive tackle, he can't entertain you like Vince Wilfork in overalls. This is it, Chief. The show you've been waiting for, Sports Central, every Saturday at 9 a.m. Ugh, Austin, you're such a meathead. Shut up, Benito. Moving into our last segment to close the show today, kind of a lighter topic, more of a debate, I guess. Debate topic. We got a lot. And uh, the player coach, the greatest, LeBron, and uh, the recent reports that have surfaced that he's sort of, uh, when he's on the court, just ignores Luke Walton's play calls and just kind of does his own thing. What do you, th- what do you think about this, Mac? I mean, when you're on a level of LeBron, when you're on like, he's on such a, another level than everyone else, I think he's allowed to do it. I mean, I don't, I, was, I mean, I, I bet you Brady goes out there and probably changes the play calls when Belichick tries to call him or whenever the offensive coordinator tries to call him. I bet you he says, you know what, we're not running this play. We're going to run a different play. And, you know, I think Brady, LeBron, they're so good that if they do mess up, it's just like, you know, even the greatest got to mess up sometimes. So you can live with a LeBron mistake over, like, a Lonzo Ball mistake. If Lonzo Ball was doing that, <laughs> Rondo was doing that, there'd be like, some issues. I like that comparison, like an audible, like a quarterback. Yeah, I mean, it's like LeBron runs the show. I mean, LeBron is the team. It really is. And I think he's allowed, He's earned the right to do what he wants on the court. He's earned the right to do whatever he wants on the court. I mean, he could probably go courtside, hang out with Jack Nicholson, drink some of his beer, and then go out and play again. And 
Luke Wong probably wouldn't even be mad at it. He'd be like, that's some good publicity right there for the <laughs> Lakers. I mean, I, that's where LeBron's at right now in his career and on a basketball level. I think he can just run the sh- he can run the show. Probably basketball IQ-wise, he's probably smarter than Luke Walton, even though Luke I mean, Walton's probably. insanely smart. Smart, but, smart man, but... Yeah, I could understand like if it was like if he was in San Antonio or Boston with two of the best coaches maybe in the history with Brad Stevens. He's not there yet, but he's gonna be oh, there. He's well on his way. And Greg Popovich, if he was doing that to those guys, I think I'd have some issues with it because those guys are up there, basketball IQ wise, like maybe even a little bit ahead of LeBron with how much they know, with how knowledgeable they are, yeah. and how much time they put in. But with Luke Walton, I'm totally fine with LeBron ignoring the play calls. What about you? To me, it comes down to, I don't think LeBron, in his, really his whole career, has had kind of a coach that, uh, someone like Popovich or even like, uh, you know, those those greatest of all time kind of coaches to it's where he feels true. like he feels like he has to like obey them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. All these coaches that he's had, whether it be Spolstra or uh, the guy in Cleveland, yeah, Ty Lue. Ty Lue, David yeah. Blatt. David Blatt. I just, on a certain, I'm sure he did respect those guys, but on a certain level, he doesn't respect them enough to where if they, like, you know, maybe, hey, we're going to run this play, or LeBron, you have to do this. He's he. I feel like he's going to take a little bit of an exception to that. I just don't think he's had a coach that really can be more alpha male than he is. There's no one in the league or like maybe in the front office, maybe Pat Riley is up there with alpha male wise. But I think Popovich that, would be there. Popovich is definitely up there. Yeah. Brad Stevens is on his way to being He's on his way. still pretty young. And so yeah, I, I, I can't think of any other coaches for that. Like maybe Phil. Phil maybe. Jackson if he's still coaching, maybe, but But we all know LeBron and Phil Jackson are very <laughs> close friends or really have much respect for each other. True. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I feel like it's it's just a story, another LeBron story. You know, LeBron loves a good story about himself. I mean, and, and this really isn't the first time we've heard this either. LeBron defying his coaches, you know. And he tried to do it in Miami, but Pat Riley nipped it in the butt real quick. Did he? Quick. Put him in his place real quick, huh? But that's, that's a guy like Pat Riley, a very prestigious basketball yeah. mind, yeah. coach in general. And he doesn't play that stuff. He runs the organization, and he didn't let LeBron run the organization. And I think... That's why Miami was probably the most successful out of all the teams that LeBron's been on. And maybe the fact that it was a prime D-Wade, prime Chris Bosh. Oh, yeah. And a very, in his prime, LeBron James. Very much in his prime, yeah. I the man's still days. playing well. I mean. Yeah, they played very well. That was a very exciting team to watch. I miss seeing LeBron, Bosh, and Wade just screaming at Mario Chalmers <laughs> back in the day. I mean, I'm surprised Mario Chalmers doesn't have hearing problems with how much he got Seriously. his ear screamed in. Seriously. Like, holy crap. Not very fun. Mm-mm. But yep, there you have it, folks. LeBron James not listening to his coaches' play calls. What's new? Yeah. What's new? Who really cares? He's LeBron James. He, he kind of do does he what he wants. Yeah. Yeah. It's LeBron James' world, and everyone else in the Lakers organization is They're just, just living, living in it. it. Yeah, they just are just living, living in it. it. All right, folks, thank you for tuning in. That is going to wrap up our first show here for Mac and myself. Thank you for tuning in. Catch us again Sometime next in week. The future, yeah. Whenever we decide to record another one of these. <laughs> Thank you.